The Dodgers lost a game in Los Angeles against the Padres, but there was some positive. Mookie Betts makes some history and is on the verge of making more history. We'll talk about Gavin Stone and his struggles and how he might not pitch in October. And then we'll get into a few things like the new camera angle, Josh Hader, and some other things. That's what's on tap, so let's get Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube. Simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. You can become a part of the everydayers by listening every day. You can help yourself to, by listening every day by subscribing wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. If this is your first time listening or watching, I'm Vince Amperio, joined by my co-host, Jeff Snyder. And we're both lifelong Dodger fans. We have both covered the team. We've both been in the press box, locker room, spring training. We've been to a bunch of Dodger games. We've watched a lot of Dodger games. And we're here to bring you what we believe is uh, some knowledgeable takes on the Dodgers and some thoughtful analysis. And uh, that's what we're here to do today. Uh, but first, yeah, Jeff, it was uh, Dodgers came back home, played the Padres. And you might have thought this series was going to matter when the season started. And at the end of the day, it didn't matter. Um, although, you know, Padre fans might have mattered to them if they won. Yeah, uh, the, the Padres seemed happy about winning. And uh they let Josh Hader throw 43 pitches in a meaningless game, so it must have meant something to them. We'll probably talk more about that later. But, uh, yeah, most important thing, did you trim your beard, Vince? I did not. Oh, it looks shorter from this angle, huh? Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's good to know. That, that's the hard-hitting news that you folks are here for. Also, there was a Dodger game. Yeah, I actually haven't touched in a year now this month. So I was looking at some old, uh, old videos of this podcast, uh, mostly to see what my beard has looked like over the last 14 months. And uh, I noticed yours was uh, you've kind of, you've been in playoff beard mode for a while now. Yeah. That's, that's what we're doing here. Uh, so we'll see how long it goes, but we'll talk about Mookie bets. He's, he's a little bit more important than, uh, than my beard, but Mookie hit a lead off home run last night. He is 12th of the season, 48th of his career. He's one shy of Alfonso Soriano's record for most in the season. Uh, he's tied for fifth all time right now uh, in terms of leadoff home runs. Uh, and he got over that hump of hundred RBIs that you had talked about a while back. So now he is over hundred RBIs at leadoff spot, just the third player ever. And I believe either tied tied for the most ever, right? Yeah. He is tied with 103 RBIs and 39 home runs. Both of those numbers are tied for the most ever for a player out of the leadoff spot in one season. Yeah, so that that's obviously big things, things we haven't seen. And, you know, Eric Carroll's talked a little bit about it on the broadcast of, you know, in the entirety of the game, this is something never seen before or seen very seldom. And, you know, obviously it's a little bit different. Uh, back in the day, the leadoff hitter was usually a light hitter, has more focused on speed and whatnot. But, you know, there, it's been 
a generation heading into second, maybe third generation, depending on how you look at it, of some of these guys being in the leadoff spot where it's at, whether it's a power hitter specifically like Schwerber and the Phillies or whether it's just, you know, one of your best hitters like, you know, Mookie right now, you know, Soriano back in the day, guys like that, that, that can bring different elements to the leadoff spot. But still, I mean, it's something to marvel at that in the entirety of MLB and, and baseball, professional baseball, as we know it, uh, Mookie's on the verge of doing something we've never seen before. Yeah, and it uh, should be noticed that in addition to battling for the MVP, Ronald Acuna is right on his tail for both of those numbers, too. He's currently, uh, I think, actually, I don't know if this includes today's uh, uh, baseball references showing him as having 35 homers and 93 RBIs, but they played a uh, doubleheader today. Yeah, he hit at least one. MLB's updated. They'll probably have it. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. So Acuna is at... This is good podcast. 36 and 95. 36 and 95. Okay, so he's three homers and eight RBIs behind. So, uh, yeah, that's something something to motivate Mookie, the MVP, and these these leadoff records. It's it's kind of cool to have these two guys doing it in the same season. Uh, it's it, like you mentioned, the leadoff position is different than it used to be, uh, but it's not that much different. And it's definitely not different than it's been the last 15 years. Uh, you know, and and the fact that these guys are doing things that nobody's ever done before is pretty remarkable. And and really, Mookie Betts and Ronald Acuna are the two best players in the National League this year, and they're both doing it from the leadoff spot. Both of them have played exclusively at leadoff this year. Mookie has like one or two plate appearances, I think, as a pinch hitter at, in different spots, but Acuna has batted first in every game that the Braves have played this year. And so it, it's pretty uh, pretty fun to see, really. Yeah, and it's been interesting you know Mookie had the otherworldly August and and kind of put himself at the forefront of MVP race and you know for the general consensus had swung in his favor and then the last week or so Acuna has been on fire and Mookie has been not on not as on fire as he had been before so it feels like the general consensus has kind of swung back on Acuna and you know, you look at their numbers, and like so they're they're close in a lot of stuff, and and you know, you go down even further, they're they're very close in a lot of things, with the biggest discrepancy being stolen bases, where Acuna is way ahead of Mookie. And then you know, when it comes to you know, maybe not the voters, but when it comes to like general Twitter or social media consensus, they completely disregard defense and Mookie's versatility where Mookie might have even more of an advantage there than Acuna has with stolen bases, especially considering Mookie's ahead of him in like home runs and doubles and stuff where those extra bases are made of. Yeah. And Mookie has a higher OPS than, than Ronald Acuna by 22 points. Uh, and, you know, so he's been a slightly better hitter than Acuna and a significantly better defender. And, and so really to make the case for Acuna as MVP, you have to make the case either that, stolen bases are a lot more important than defense or that doing something unique uh, gives you an award. It's like the the argument for Miguel Cabrera in 2012 uh, when Mike Trout was clearly the better player, but Miguel Cabrera won the Triple Crown, so he got the MVP. And, uh, you know, it's a a silly argument because you can – that argument's easy to pick apart. I mean, there have been plenty of guys who won the Triple Crown who didn't win the MVP. Ted Williams won the Triple Crown twice and didn't win the MVP either year. Uh, and, and so, you know, this whole thing about 
the 30, 60 club. If he gets to 40, 80, maybe that's a, a better argument. But even then it's like, eh, you know, um, and, and so it's realistically the best argument in favor of Mookie is as great as Ronald Acuna has been all year. Mookie still has better numbers than him. Like that, that's the argument for Mookie is that he's been better than Acuna. And, uh, and that's as of right now. And it's very close. Uh, and those things can change in the next three weeks or whatever's left in the season. Uh, but yeah, as of right now, if the season ended, I'd vote for Mookie, not because of my Dodger fan, because he's had a better season and all the other stuff is just, I mean, it's called most valuable player. And what that means is best player. And that what that means is who had the best season. And that means the guy who had the best season. And that's Mookie Betts so far. Yeah. Um, if anybody's fans find this podcast, I'm sure they would like to share their sentiments. And if you want to share those sentiments, go ahead and do it in the, in the comment section on you here, right here on YouTube. Or Dodger fans, if you want to support me too, you know, uh, I do know we had a lot of Braves fans watching when uh, the Dodgers were playing the Braves. I don't know if any of them keep coming back, but uh, maybe we'll be sure to tag Ronald Acuna in the, in the tags on YouTube so that they know that they can find talk about Acuna here. Yeah, there we go. All right, let's talk about not a, quite the bright spot in the game, Gavin Stone. He struggled again last night. He's now continuing to struggle throughout the season and probably someone we won't see in October barring you know a lot of things happening. So we're going to get into that next, so make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. MLB playoffs are around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball is big right now. There's a lot of fun stuff happening. You got Acuna, you got Betts. Uh, Fotani gets back healthy before the season. There's some chases there. Matt Olson got home run number 50. Uh, there's some wild card races. There's a lot going on in baseball right now, and you can profit off of that by picking more or less on stats for some of these stars and some of these teams, home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more. And you can win up what, up to 100 times your money on Sleeper if you get your picks right. So right now, go check out the Sleeper app and see what we mean. You pick a player, you find a stat, and you pick over under on that, whatever offer is given to you on that stat. And you can pick two guys or you can pick eight guys and you can fill in and get your money paid out. So go ahead and do that. There's group and team chat functionality in the app, so you can chat with other people, see what they're betting, or see what they're they're putting down on Daily Fantasy. So go check it out right now. And remember, if you download the Sleeper app, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's team to use for details. Go check out Sleeper. All right. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. You can find us where you find podcasts and on YouTube, and you can be coming every day or by listening every day. If you can't watch the game but want to listen, SiriusXM or the SXM app can help you out. All you got to do is search Dodgers, and you can get the home broadcast for any game that SiriusXM or the SXM app search Dodgers. And like I just mentioned, if you want to join the conversation, you can do so right here on YouTube by putting in some comments and starting the conversation that way, or you can always find us on social media. Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. All right, Jeff. So Gavin Stone, um, he he came up and he had pitched better than he had before, which was, you know, kind of easy to do considering he had a rough go of it his first time up. But last night, a uh, step in the wrong direction, probably, you know, at this point pitched himself out of any October consideration. 
Uh, when he did go, you know, five and a third innings, which was good in terms of length, but he did give up seven runs, nine hits, only struck out two, and that big lead the Dodgers put up, you know, they scored eight run or seven runs to the first three innings, and uh, Stone wasn't able to let it hold up. Yeah, and we've talked a lot about how what the Dodgers need from these rookie pitchers isn't to be elite, but just to go five or six innings, allow four or five runs. And and Stone was on his way to doing that. He got through five innings with five, four runs allowed, I think. And uh, yeah. and then they sent him back out for the sixth inning. And so I, I guess if we wanted to make a case for Stone still is that he did do pretty well, uh, not great, but pretty well the first time and a half through the lineup, uh, maybe two times through the lineup. And so uh, Dave Roberts pushed him a little bit. Pitch count wise, he was fine. He was in the 50s. I think he was at 53 or something when that sixth inning started. And so pitch count wise, he was fine. But going into the sixth inning, it was facing these guys for the third time through the lineup. And uh, you know, Manny Machado had already tagged him for a homer previously. He got him again. Uh, yeah, th- there's definitely a lot to say about pitching in the big leagues and pitching to guys like Manny Machado instead of pitching in the minor leagues and pitching to guys like you know, whoever's in triple A these days. Um, I can't think of a single triple A player. But anyway, Joe Adele, he's probably in the minors maybe. Um, And and so, yeah, he's definitely, uh, I I don't think that we should expect to see Gavin Stone starting a game in the postseason for sure. Uh, I I still went, went, you know, yesterday I talked about the Dodgers pitching staff options for the postseason. And as far as guys who have like, are really making their case and really locking down their spot beyond those guys. There's still several spots up for grabs and, you know, Caleb Ferguson pitched and, and wasn't great tonight. And, uh, you know, Alex Vesey has been Alex Vesey and, and Victor Gonzalez, those three lefties, like, you know, I, if I, if I was in a high school debate club and I was told you are assigned to make a case for Gavin stone on the Dodgers postseason roster over those three lefties, I think I could put together a pretty compelling case. I don't totally know that I would for sure believe it, but I think I could do a decent uh, argument and, and, you know, win regionals at the debate club or whatever. Yeah. If that was the case, your debate would have to be that the lefties aren't trustworthy more of so than really anything Gavin stone wise. He's, he, he's never really had like a great outing. He's had that one in Boston where he went six innings. I know. I mean, he still ended up giving up four home runs or three home runs, four runs total. Um, you know, and, and it would be one thing like the rest of this year, they try him as a reliever and maybe that changes things, you know, maybe a different mentality and a different mindset and, you know, go ahead and just go at it. But it, it's been one of those, and you know, Stone came up probably a little bit slightly earlier than they wanted him to at the start of the season. He came in and faced a gauntlet of lineups with, you know, the Phillies, the Braves and the Rays. And, you know, even after that, you know, Boston and San Diego aren't you know, slouches when it comes to offense. And, you know, the other thing, Pittsburgh was his other outing, but he just doesn't have the swing and miss yet. Doesn't have the strikeout stuff yet. He has 12 strikeouts in 23 innings total. So far this year, he's got a whip of 2.19. He's cut down on the walks. He only walked one last night. He's only walked two total since he came back, uh, or since after, or actually, no, he's, he's walked one in his last two 
outings. So that part is there, but it just, he just doesn't have the swing and miss. I wouldn't mind seeing him like, hey, go out one inning and show me what you got. Would you feel differently if he had been pulled after five innings in each of these last two games? And so the game against the Red Sox, instead of four runs in six innings, it's two runs in five innings. And tonight it's four runs in five innings instead of seven runs in five and a third innings. So overall, instead of 11 runs in 11 and a third innings, it's six runs in 10 innings. I would feel slightly different, but he still wouldn't have the strikeouts and still wouldn't have like what I would want if someone's going to be like a relief role for the Dodgers in the postseason. But again, you, I'd also have to go through all the other relievers and, you know, maybe some, there's, I'm sure there's some of those guys that aren't doing very much of striking out either. So, yeah. And, and there may be like the, when they're putting together the roster, they may come to a decision where we'd rather have a guy who we know can throw four innings than a lefty who we're not actually going to trust to bring in in a key spot because uh, we definitely don't trust them against righties and got, teams don't stack lefties anymore. Uh, you know, especially a series against the Braves, where you know I think they were saying on the broadcast today that the Braves have like the best numbers against left-handed pitching since like thirteen forty-one or something. Um, and so you know the it, some of it depends on opponent, but uh, yeah, it. And like you said, that would really be more an argument of these lefties haven't earned their job than uh, than Gavin Stone really has. But either way, he definitely hurt his chances in tonight's game. Yeah. And, you know, th it's not a knock on him as a prospect, not really a knock on him, you know, as what he can develop into. I have seen some of that, you know, here and there on, on social media, you know, oh, Gavin Stone, you know, won't be a guy or whatever the case. And I know, like, I think someone put out there that his 10 8 ERA through however many innings is, I think Eric Steven had out there is like, the second worst or worst for a Dodger ever, you know, in, you know, based on that, you know, you could say Noah Syndergaard pitched better than him, but again, it, it's all relative to what it is. Realistically, had the Dodgers remained healthy throughout the year, Gavin Stone probably would have made maybe one or two starts here and there on a spot start. And, you know, and the fact that he's 24, but he's still a young growing prospect, uh, you know, there's still time for him to develop. And I'm sure he's going to take a lot of what he learned from this year and move it, move it, pushing forward. He's already made those adjustments, you know, trying different pitches. Joe Davis talked about it on the broadcast, you know, using the sinker and, you know, developing the cutter. So that, you can't just pick that up on the fly and expect it to work out. He's going to have to work on it all off season. And now he knows, you know, if he doesn't get the chance in October, you know, he'll have that hunger over the off season in order to get better. Yeah, and whenever I think about uh, a, a young pitcher who's pitching so terribly and people giving up on him, I think about two guys. I think about Roy Halladay in two, 2000 when he was 23 years old. It was actually his third season in the big leagues, and he had a 10.64 ERA in 67 innings. Um, and then I think about Corbin Burns in 2019, his second year in the big leagues, same age that, that Gavin Stone is right now, 8.82 ERA in 49 innings like he was terrible and then both of those guys uh burns two years later and holiday three years later won the cy young award so i'm not saying gavin stone is going to win the cy young award in a couple of years but i do think that pitchers sometimes with a whole lot of talent have really bad seasons in the big leagues as they are learning how to pitch in the big leagues yeah when you look at it from the dodgers perspective you know assuming everything kind of moves forward with progression you know, Bobby Miller and Ryan Pepe are looking like top of the rotation guys. And then the Dodgers, you know, can fill in here and there other reasons. 
Gavin Stone realistically might not need to be a one or two, could slot in as a three, four, five and fit perfectly well. And you bring up Ryan Pepio. Think about how everybody felt about Ryan Pepio a year ago. Like uh, all these same stuff. His his numbers weren't as bad, but there was a lot of well, he's gotten lucky. He's you know, uh, and I mean, I think I don't think there are very many Dodger fans who would have been very sad if the Dodgers had traded Ryan Pepio last offseason. And now we're talking about him as, wow, he's really found something and turned things around. So it can happen for sure. True. All right. There's a lot of other things to get into. Little little hits here and there. Josh Hader, we got an update kind of on Julio. Not necessarily his situation, but his situation with the Dodgers. Talk about Joe Kelly coming back and a couple other things. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is here for you when you need tickets last minute. And, you know, back in the day, it, I always think of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Back in the day, there was, or, there was an episode on one of the earlier seasons where they couldn't find Dodger tickets. The Dodger game was sold out, and there was, like, no way they could get tickets. It's not like that anymore, especially now with Game Time and, and, and you know, what it can offer you. If you need tickets up to the day of the game, up till you know, a couple hours before the game, game time is there for you. You don't have to stress. All you got to do is get on the app, find the tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. And remember, they have a best price guarantee that gives you 110% of your money back if you find tickets for cheaper in the same section and row. So go check out the game time app right now. You can look at your seats before you buy and see what, what, see what it looks like. You can buy the tickets right away, and they're sent directly to your phone. You don't have to, you know, go through email or worry about printing stuff out. There's, there's really not a reason to print stuff out anymore anyways. But go snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app right now and create an account. If you use the code LOCKDOWNMLB, you'll get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Want to once again thank you or remind you to make Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day. Become an everydayer by listening every day and make sure to subscribe. Series XM or the SXM app can help you if you can't watch the game but want to listen. All you got to do is search Dodgers and you can get the home broadcast for any game right there on Series XM or the SXM app. All right, Jeff, you alluded to it earlier. You mentioned it earlier. And, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, the Dodgers lost and, and obviously not great. And um, we'll, we'll talk about the top of the ninth a little bit after this but the bottom of the ninth josh Hader comes in not technical or not a safe situation he he had a four-run lead um but the dodgers made him work and got him to the point where the winning run came to the plate and you know on the dodgers side it's good to see the fight good to see everything else you know would have been nice if they got the big hit or at least tied it up or or whatever uh, it ended up working out for the padres side but now we're probably not going to see josh Hader the rest of the series and it is interesting. Well, I guess interesting that they let him throw so many pitches, but also he's going to be a fragent after this year, so maybe they don't really care. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was interesting. Josh Hader had five swings and misses, and when you think five swings and misses in one inning, you think, oh, that's pretty good. Uh, but then you look at 43 pitches, 26 swings, and only five swings and misses. That is not a great percentage, especially for Josh Hader, who is a swing and miss king. 
Uh, you know, Will Smith's at bat. He fouled off a ton of pitches. Uh, you know, and, and really, I mean, of the five swings and misses, uh, two of them were Chris Tra- Chris Taylor, who I don't know if you know this about him. He swings and misses a lot. Uh, two of them were Max Muncie, who swings and misses a lot, especially against lefties um, these days. And uh, and then one by Freddie Freeman. But uh, not getting any swings and misses from Will Smith in, what, 12 or 13 pitches. Uh, Mookie Betts hit the ball hard. Like, there, there was – and the crazy thing was there probably was never a time that Hayter wasn't their best chance to win the game. Um, I do think uh, it, it made sense that they left him in from a, we have to win this game perspective. The weird part was they didn't really have to win this game. Like, I mean, I know they're technically still in the, in the playoff hunt, but, uh, but they're really not. And so, yeah, like Hayter was smiling. He He was even, like during the Smith about, he was smiling and kind of tipping his cap a little bit to, to Smith. He ends up walking him. And after the game was over, he was smiling and laughing with, with Luis Camposano as they shook hands. Um, so, you know, I guess Hater wanted to be out there, but uh, yeah, it, it was, it was weird to see them let him throw so many more pitches than he's thrown at any point this year. You know, they've even made a big point about the fact he is a one inning pitcher this year. He doesn't like to pitch more than one inning. And you would think that would extend to throwing 43 pitches in that one inning, but, uh, but maybe not. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, Before the game, we learned that Colton Wong had taken over the locker that was previously occupied by Julio Urias and Dave Roberts was asked about it before the game. He said he had just learned about five minutes before he talked to media about that or about that, that fact and they asked him, you know, does this basically, you know, signal the end of his or at least this season and maybe his time with the Dodgers? And, you know, Roberts essentially said yes to that and said just said it's a sad situation all around. But, you know, obviously we all believe that he's going to be on administrative leave the rest of the month anyways. That's probably going to be the case. But, uh, yeah, it's just one of those where, you know, that first step toward or I guess the first step was, um, some of the murals around Dodger Stadium have either been covered or I think I saw one got painted over completely. Um, so, yeah, it's just, you know, unfortunate situation all around. But, you know, the Dodgers are, are moving forward and acting as they see fit. Yeah, and I don't know if we mentioned it here that they replaced the Julio bobblehead night. Um, had you talked about that on one of the episodes? No. Uh, they're, they're giving away bobbleheads. I think it's just extras that they have from – the giveaways where not quite 40,000 people claim them. And so they're giving out to the first 30,000 fans, random bobbleheads looks like one of five, maybe that they're, they're giving out. So just giving out some extras. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, Dave Roberts, right. It's a, it's a sad situation all around. Um, but I mean, I think the way the question was actually worded was, does this mean the Dodgers are moving on from Julio? And, and Robert said, yeah, basically. So it's uh yeah, it, it, it's rough, but, uh, you know, uh, not surprising at this point. Yeah. Uh, real quick, talk about the top of the ninth. Any concern about Evan Phillips, or was it just a weird inning where it started off bad? Yeah, I mean, it's a game of inches. You know, if if Outman and Taylor communicate, that's one out. Uh, if if that ball doesn't pop out of Phillips' glove, even even after the error, the the comebacker that Tatis hit, if it doesn't pop out of his glove, there's two outs. They probably intentionally walk Soto, and he gets Manny Machado. And they go to the bottom of the night tight, tied up like one little thing. Like he got his glove on the ball. It was in his glove 
and then he dropped it and how, how a game can change on those little things. And so, you know, it not, not really any major concern. Like if I thought there was a chance that Evan Phillips was going to face Juan Soto in a meaningful game this year, uh, I might be a little bit concerned about that particular matchup, uh, but that's not going to happen. And so as it stands, yeah, I mean, he probably won't face Soto again because because Phillips threw a lot of pitches too. And so he won't be pitching today and maybe not uh, the rest of the series, depending on how the series goes. So he may not face Soto again this year and, and that's fine. But other than that, I mean, Phillips is really good and even really good players throw a couple bad pitches once in a while or whatever. I mean, he had Soto set up. He just, he threw the pitch he wanted, just not anywhere near where he wanted to. He hung that slider when he wanted to bury it. And so, you know what? Bad pitches happen and really good hitters sometimes make them pay. Yeah. Um, real quick on the injury front, Joe Kelly did his two appearances. He's expected to be activated Wednesday. Michael Grove could be activated this weekend. It seems like with Grove, they're just kind of waiting to see when they need an arm, basically. Um, I would assume uh, if Gavin Stone has another option left, I would imagine that's the next move uh, if they want to get Kelly on the roster and then they can decide after that. Uh, shout out to Wander Suero for picking up some major league money uh, coming up, throwing an inning in a third or whatever it was, and then going on the injured list. So, uh, yeah. Which meant they still haven't had to use the paternity list for Ryan Yarbrough yet. So that could be another option when Joe Kelly comes back. Cause I assume there's not a limit. Oh, it's been too long since your wife had the baby. You can't take your paternity now. So yeah, I would hope not. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. Two more with the Padres coming up. Lance Lynn on the mound. Uh, Lance Lynn against a team that can hit some homers. So we'll see what he does. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen. If we're not your first listen, make sure to make us your first listen. Find us where you get podcasts and on YouTube. All you got to do is search Lockdown Dodgers to become an everydayer. All you got to do is listen every day, and we will appreciate you for it. If you watch on YouTube, make sure to leave a comment, You know, drop a conversation starter, or just comment on uh, any of the things we talked about. If you do not watch on YouTube, you can always find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram. If you have something to say on lockdown at Lockdown Dodgers, Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince since 91. You can DM either of us if you have a question, comment or concern. You can also send us an email, LockdownDodgers at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail. Send us a text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning and we hope you'll be here with us. We get in your car. If you're at home, text my device, play podcast, Lockdown Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.